I'm glad you chose to join us today. Today's date is November 1, 2020. The title for this sermon is simply called Getting Your Feet Wet. Joshua 3, 7 is where I will be starting to read. We have been following this young nation, the birth of the nation of Israel. Last week, if you would remember, Moses climbed up Mount Nebo, up Pisgah Peak, where he is able to take in the whole region, the whole land that God was given to the Hebrews as an inheritance. And it was east of the Jordan where he died, and the Bible tells us that God himself buried him. Joshua, the son of Nun, is their new leader. This is the same Joshua who was one of the 12 spies sent out to the promised land 40 years earlier. Hence, the name of the book, Joshua. In chapter 1 of Joshua, God confirms Joshua as the new leader uh, that God himself would guide Joshua. In chapter 2, two spies are sent out across the Jordan to spy out the land. These two spies had a great adventure, but that's something you need to look up and read on your own. They came back with this response, however. Joshua 2.24, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. The setting for our text today is quite different than it was 40 years earlier. Forty years earlier, this newly formed nation was figuring out how to become a people of God. The grandparents and parents have all perished in the desert, as God said they would. Of all of the older generation, only two remain, Joshua and Caleb. The remaining Israelites have truly become a people of God. They have learned complete dependence on their Creator. They have learned obedience as God has met their every need. And now they are ready to take possession of the land. But first, they would need to consecrate themselves. And there was a, uh, something they had to remember. They had to keep about a thousand feet distance between them and the ark the covenant. Our text today, Joshua 3, starting at verse 7. I will be reading now the New Living Version. New International Version, excuse me. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergashites, Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, 
Choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, sets, set foot in the Jordan, its water flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now, the Jordan is at a flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and the feet touched the water's edge, the edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Erebus the salt sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. While all the Israelite, no, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. The reading of God's word. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father. This is a powerful uh, scripture describing a nation who have become a nation of God. A nation, a corporate body of people who are through obedience and faith in their creator obeys. And Father, you want, the, you want us to be a people of God, a people that you could give us instruction and we would obey. We would have faith that you would accomplish your perfect, perfect purpose through each one of us. May that be so in each one of us, in Jesus' name, amen. For this people, for this people, 40 years earlier, this would have been a pretty hard sell. <laughs> I could hear them now if, if uh, uh, God told them this is what they needed to do. What? You dragged us over this barren land? You've given us garbage to eat? and We barely had enough water to survive and now you want to drown us? That's it. We're going to pick somebody to lead us and we're going back to Egypt. <laughs> that's not what happened though. But 40 years earlier, that's exactly what would have happened. This generation is completely different. God speaks and they obey. They learn. Which generation represents you? Putting the generations in the categories, I came up with three. It's quite simple. Those who live in yesterday, that's the way it's always been before. Those who only live in the moment and those that can live in the future tomorrow. Yesterday is kind of, well, you know, <laughs> news, history, yesterday. It's not bad if it remains yesterday but if you cannot move past yesterday, you have no today or tomorrow. In Christ, thank you, Lord, 
Thank you, Jesus. In Christ, our yesterdays are pleasant. The memories are treasured. In Christ, our yesterdays are building blocks for not only today, but for tomorrow. A perfect example of living in yesterday could be, well, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say it, but our church. <laughs> not only in our churches, churches in general, we, we have difficulty moving past the good old days. We remember how it has always been done before, and yes, our church is caught up in how things used to be. I, uh, I, I say jokingly, but it's not really that funny. It's because it's so true. But I have heard it said, if the 1950s were to come around again, we would be ready. <laughs> it's not really funny, is it? But it's true. From our text today, there are three things that stand out. First of all, what stands out is the situation, the Jordan. These people do not know how to cross a great body of water. Yes, their ancestors crossed the Red Sea when, when Moses, uh, uh, the man of God, uh, God opened up the Red Sea and they crossed on dry ground. Uh, but these guys, they wouldn't even know how to swim. They are desert dwellers. And remember, the river is at flood stage and are now asked to cross over. The second thing that stands out to me is that they had to maintain a thousand feet distance between the Ark of the Covenant and themselves. Over three football fields between you and Ark. And God dried out all that land for them to cross. And the third thing that, that came to my mind was uh, these, this, this people, they were aware, I believe, that when they come out on the river's edge on the other side, they could possibly have met with enemy forces who were watching their every move. These guys had to be prepared. But let's find ourselves in this text today. I know you face difficult situations where, where you wonder how you will get through the challenges today and tomorrow. We all do. At times, we all face impossible situations between a rock and a hard place. How do you respond? Sometimes your path requires you to cross the river. Oftentimes in life, you have a difficult decision to make. But sometimes God asks you to do something that doesn't make sense to you. And definitely, not only does it not make sense to you, but to the world, it sounds like never. Can't touch it, can't smell it, can't taste it, can't see it, it's not there. To accomplish this goal, it would require faith in God. The Bible gives us a definition of faith. It's found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. One time when the disciples could not drive out an evil spirit, they asked Jesus, why is this? 
found in Genesis 17, 20, Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, he goes on to say, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I have a mustard seed. It's uh, uh, made into a, a lapel pin for me. I'm not, I'm not wearing it today, but I measured it for this sermon. It is one sixteenth of an inch across. That's how small it is. One sixteenth of an inch. Jesus is saying that that is all the faith you need because with God, nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus lived it. You remember the time when he was sleeping on the floor of the boat while they were crossing the Sea of Galilee? It illustrates his kind of faith simply. One evening, Jesus tells his disciples, let's cross this lake. They set off and Jesus falls asleep in the stern of the vessel. As he was asleep, a serious storm developed and they were taking on waters. The, the wave was coming up over the edge and, and filling the boat. Everyone was afraid they were going to drown. And yet, Jesus was sound asleep. They had to wake him up so that he could be just as worried as they were. But Jesus was not worried, but perturbed. What? You woke me up for this? Did I not say we were crossing the lake? Do you still not have faith? <laughs> In our text, for this young nation, it was more than getting their feet wet. In the moment, I believe they were thinking, God said it. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, but God said it. I'm going to do it. That is being a people of God. That is what it means. This new nation gave us a perfect example. If you were in their sandals, where would you fall? We say no problem now, but in the heat of the moment, would you be obediently, would you be just as obedient and act immediately? In our culture, I believe we would have to uh, uh, step on the brakes and justify putting off crossing the river until the water went down at least, at least the normal. We might even be tempted to justify our actions by establishing how much smarter we are today thinking we have technology and, and we have know-how, thinking we can figure this out without getting our feet wet. Sure, with a little planning, maybe even take a poll and see what the public opinion would be, and possibly get a levy approved. I believe, I believe we can safely cross in seven years. <laughs> But Jordan is at flood stage. I remember driving along the Arkansas River while it was flooding. 
first-hand experience. We were all marveling, the, the five of us driving down on the road, we were all marveling at how muddy the river was, how fast it was flowing, how high it was. And every once in a while, we would see a tree. <laughs> We'd see a tree floating down the river. And then we saw a whole house caught up in the torrent that was bobbing up and down, going down the river. Flood stage. The Israelites were instructed to cross the Jordan during this flood stage. I believe the priests carrying the Ark of God had the mindset that they were going to get wet crossing the river. It didn't matter to them. God said it, and they were going, they were determined to obey. Their obedience paid off, for as soon as their feet touched the water's edge, a miracle happened. The water stopped flowing and started to back up into a great heap. To their wonderment, as they made their way to the middle of the river, they were able to stand on dry ground. The Bible tells us that the army crossed on dry ground while maintaining a thousand feet distance from the priest holding the Ark of the Covenant. I want you to note something. I want you to, to pay attention to something. The miracle didn't happen until they acted in faith. Without knowing how God was going to be able to stop the, the river, they acted. Christ followers, those who have asked Christ to forgive them of their sins, those who are determined to be a people of God, the same miraculous powers are available to you as well. The miracle like that will happen as you take the, the step of faith and act of obedience to God's voice. Can you bow your head with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, our desire is to be that person. Our desire is to be uh, that, that person that you can ask us to do something. And although we may not know how you're going to accomplish or how you're going to accomplish it, but you asked us to do it, and we are going to be a people of God and say yes to Jesus. Yes to you, Father. And no to the world. No to the voices that say it's impossible. It cannot be done. Because we know that through you all things are possible. I want to be that man of God. I know you want to be a, that person as well. So Father, empower us Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>